Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. This is the greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike, she's Emma, and in this episode, we're doing a rundown of our top five favourite classic era cliffhangers. Yeah, so when we said, so we decided that we're going to just do a classic show this week, and then in the future we'll be doing a modern show, because we did talk about doing Mike doing a, doing a combo show, but we felt like we couldn't really do the, the justice by doing them together, because I feel <laughs> like we'd be going, oh, but this one, oh, but this one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're doing a classic one uh, today and then modern, modern follow-up. So um, I think the best thing to do is just get straight on with it. So why don't you hit us with your number five, Mike? Okay, my number five. I mean, I'll, um, apart from... I'll say this first off the bat. Um, apart from my number one, which was a dead cert, a lot mm. of the ones on my list cause are very easily interchangeable because I've got another, like five that never didn't quite make the cut, but I could easily like, right. swap them out. So my number five is there, I think, more for the iconography of it. And it's the cliffhanger to the Daleks part one. Okay. Where Barbara gets menaced by the the uh, sucker arm of the Dalek. Mm. I mean, because obviously at the, at the time, obviously you don't know what the hell it is. No, I think um, that, I mean, obviously, I think for, for fans coming to this, obviously a great, uh, really a great proportion of people who didn't see this, um, on first go round, mm-hmm. or um, if you're someone who's watching this, but you know what a Dalek is, um, it's it does it does lose some some impact, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, you know, unfortunately, you can't put yourself in the, in the space of somebody who was watching that for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, we sort of know with no foreknowledge, but you've got to think that just be you would just be like, what the hell is that? And just really like going, wow. I mean, because that would make me want to tune in and see what's happening next week, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you want to have a cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of this, for the same reason um, I originally thought of Earthshock Part 1. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't quite make the list, but, it all, but at the same time, like, obviously, like, we know what's coming. And, mm. you know, I, I saw this first on DVD, I think. So it's got the Cybermen right on the front of the cover. So, you know, but back in the day, you know, 1982. <laughs> that's weird to say that. Um, well, I mean, you, we should probably talk about it now because that's actually my number five. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Just to say, destroy them, destroy them at once. Yep. Yep. It's, but, it's... <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that it's like, it's the sudden reveal of the Cybermen. Yeah, like... Like I say, um, if you've got the DVD, you know they're in it. But, Absolutely. And, and I think, like, these days, it's very hard to, like, not read up on, like, the history of the Cybermen and not come across Earthshock. So you sort of end up knowing that they're in it. But, like I say, back in the day, you've got this whole, like, 25-minute episode where it's just, like, the Doctor and his companions and there's these soldiers and these androids are in about shooting things. And you think, all right, fine. But then when you find out the androids are controlled by the Cybermen, it's like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it almost excuses the fact that they project the Doctor's face right onto the Cybermen's crotches. <laughs> you know, and um, I mean, I've always said, I'm sure I've said it on this show before, but I really like the Cybermen in Earthshock because mm-hmm. there's, you, you get the impression that they're slightly just sort of bodged together because you can see their chins moving. Yeah. Under the thing. And I, I've always liked that because it, it really sort of, in, you know, it brings to life that whole thing of there's Cybermen, you know, and cyborgs. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of bodged together bits and pieces. So, I, I mean, it sort of excuses the fact that, you know, some of the 
you know, you know, the outfit's a bit shonky. Mm-hmm. It's you know they've got golf gloves, you know they've blatantly got cricket gloves on and things <laughs> like that. So it's um, yeah, but it's, I mean, just in terms of, I mean, because Chuck talks about it all the time because he was a he was a young Doctor Who nerd at that time, you know, having no information mm-hmm. about anything, yeah, and just watching it completely blind, yeah. Um, he was he was kind of blown away by it, and um, you saw. Unfortunately, you struggle to think of anything that they could keep secret like mm-hmm. that. Now, I think it's something we're going to probably talk about a lot when we go onto the modern cliffhangers. Um, mm. Actually, it sort of reminds me of something that me and Chuck always said about our future children: that when the time comes for them to watch Predator with us, <laughs> and that time will come, they will not be able allowed to watch the bright, the beginning shot where the spaceship goes down to Earth. Yeah. Because if you don't know that bit... Yeah, you don't know what the hell it up against. Yeah, so really, that, that shot right there is really kind of... Like, it, 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 it takes away such a huge piece of, of tension. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's we've decided as a couple, that's our, that is our first and that is our first adamant rule about having children. <laughs> they will not watch the first scene of Predator. Yeah. They will have... Ears plugged, hands clamped over eyes, and then they mm-hmm. watch the rest of it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that was a bit of like a studio executive sort of. Yeah, they don't order. quite understand it. Put yeah. a put a scene in at the beginning. Yeah, but I mean, um, <sighs> getting back to Earthshock. It, it, I yeah, think let's they, do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the sort of the reveal of the Cybermen worked because you didn't have any idea that were coming back. I think John no. Nathan Turner like famously turned down a Radio Times cover because of it. Yeah, and say talking about um, modern era. I mean, we've talked about the the infamous Radio Times cover for Daleks in Manhattan. Uh, um, <laughs> RTD, RTD just didn't think he could turn it down, whereas mm-hmm. JNT did turn it down. So he got a, he he copped some flack for not following in the hallowed steps of JNT on that day. Ah, well, I, I don't know about hallowed footsteps. To be perfectly honest, but there you are. Well, I mean, it's always hard when you're looking back on it and trying oh, and use yes. something to beat uh, to beat the current showrunner with. Then it is sacrosanct, but um, you know your mileage will vary with that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, um, you know, it's and as well, it's not the tedious thing they always used to do with anagrams of the master. <laughs> so you couldn't read, you couldn't read the basically the only piece of information available to you at the time, hmm. which was the Radio Times sort of bump about the episode coming up yeah so there wasn't like it wasn't like tree mass whoever could that be mm. Mm. as you count down conundrum <laughs> for the week yeah <laughs> oh, dear oh law anyway um so my number four and um we've discussed this episode previously and um it's one of the nice sort of few sort of not like it ends with like the doctor and company in peril but it's more of like a reveal, and that's Time Meddler Part 3. Ah, right. Where we discover the fact, well, what we or what we suspect about the monk is that he actually does have a TARDIS. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, it's like, oh shit, I knew it, I told you, I told you. It's one of those things of, when you're watching, I'm one of these tedious people who will try and guess the end of a, of a sort of crime drama or Sherlock, and then when you get it, I'm going, I told you! Yeah. I told you, far before my genius. So <laughs> you can imagine there's more than a few people going, ah, to their significant others or family when mm-hmm. uh, when that reveal happens. Yeah. And I think I, I was like listening back to the 
back over the time metal episode um right. before we started recording and um one of the thing i always liked was maureen o'brien's selling of it it's not sort of like shock but it's more she, she almost sounds like she wants to laugh it's like oh of course you know all, yeah. all these like yeah. strange anachronisms and mysteries that have been popping up since they've landed it all just sort of makes perfect sense it's one of those sort of like things where you just start laughing because it's, like, it's like yeah obviously you know yeah it, it, it is it is so great and i was gonna say that that reaction is great as well. It's um, it would be so easy to do kind of cheesy like, oh no, I've done a time lord sort of thing. But just her kind mm. of her reaction to laugh is it's kind of it's such a great choice as an actor. Yeah. So yeah, it's mm. um, it's it makes that scene. I really do think it does. Yeah. So what do you got? Um, I got Vengeance on Varus episode one. Ah, that was on my almost run. Yeah, we I've seen to a picture almost list. Um, <laughs> so I mean, as well, it it was just right. It was just on the cusp of the zeitgeist of like using TV and film to kind of criticise how the viewer, the viewer experience. So mm. to essentially to have the doctor think he's dying and then pull back and then and cut it. Yeah, and the sort of framing Vengeance of Varus with this thing of. The, the kind of this audience these two audience members who never interact with any of our heroes mm-hmm. they're kind of providing this sort of cynical commentary so i mean yeah it was kind of right at the beginning of sort of say just right in the 80s when this sort of thing was becoming kind of i don't want to say fashionable but you know the the the, the medium of using tv and film to criticize tv and film mm-hmm. and how our viewers respond to that tv and that you know respond to that text um doctor who was kind of right in there yeah um in sort of in sort of using their episodes in this way and really sort of criticizing the viewer for kind of getting perverse enjoyment out of the doctor's misery and all this sort of thing so mm. yeah it's it's really and it's one of those things i think it's i think it's a testament to vengeance that it, every every year it becomes more relevant i think actually or, or it stays as relevant as it was then yeah, and really, it's it's one of those. It's why it's such a highlight of Colin Baker's time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fact that you know nearly thirty years after it was made, or oh. no, more than thirty years after. It yeah, was made, yeah, it's over that now. <laughs> it's 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 incredibly sharp still. It's mm-hmm. it's. A, I would say when when I've talked to people about Colin Baker and stuff, it really is the kind of you you could get away with just watching Vengeance. I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked it for like the the cut it now bit, and then it goes to the title sequence. Like, oh, yeah, nice, very nicely played. Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, something that video games are doing a lot now, mm-hmm. actually. Um, this whole thing that you know, sort of, obviously, as a player, you you are the one who's like, okay, game, what am I supposed to do? Okay, go forwards, press A here, press X here, or triangle here, depending on your system. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, things like Bioshock and Fallout's done this as well, but sort of criticising the player for just blindly following instructions and you go, uh, buh, 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 press this, press that, you know. So it's something that games are exploring a lot now, which is actually really fun. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Doctor Who was there 30 years ago. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so my number three. And, again, this is a bit of an unusual one because it doesn't really end with, well, the, the Doctor and Companion and sort of, like, guest character of the week are in sort of slightly mild peril but mm. they're they're not the ones for, facing the mortal danger 
And again, we've talked about another podcast, and it's Pyramids of Mars Part 1. Bloody hell, Mike, what is wrong with us? That's what, I just, that's what I've got as well. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it, it's my number <laughs> three as well. But I mean, I bring Sutek's gift of death to all humanity. Oh. It's so brilliant. I mean, we basically did a whole episode basically jizzing ourselves about Pyramids of Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, that was way back when. Go back and check it out. But um, yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's one of those things of the Doctor, again, as an observer of what's going on. I mean, how many times has the Doctor kind of watched a, a minor character from the episode, you know, cop it in some horrible fashion? Yeah. You know, a lot more times than we care to remember. But I don't know what, I mean, I think it's because it's so visceral. I mean, you know, he's screaming and the smoke's coming out of his mm-hmm. body, you know, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel Wolf's amazing voice. Yeah. It wasn't actually. Uh, it was um, oh, I forget the name of the actor, but it, it was the man who plays uh, Marcus Garman. Mm. It, it's it's his voice. I mean, it's it's treated yeah, to sound yeah. like Gabriel. Yeah, it's treated to sound like Gabriel Wolf's. Um, with the, certainly in terms of the the inflection that he uses, but the fact that you think that the Egyptian dude who mm. who's like been this like pain in the ass all through episode one might be sort of like the henchman. You always sort of like feel like you're summoning the main bad. But it turns out no, the the guy he's just summoned is the actual henchman, and he's just disposable now. Mm. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I was going to say, it, it's just so. I mean, I I think the, like us, I, I overuse it. It's iconic is overused word these days, and I'm guilty as much of that. But mm-hmm. it's um, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's sort of fallen into fan law in kind of a way that almost nothing else really has. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's been used interchangeably. You know, I defy you know we're a couple. You say my bring Sutex gift of biscuits to all humanity and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's just so great, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's an episode that I say we we sort of saw fit to do a whole a whole podcast about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was um, um, yeah, it was actually kind of hard to put that at three for me because mm-hmm. I kind of love it so much. I would have it at number one if, you know, there wasn't other just amazing um, episodes to look at. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult to kind of, it's almost, it's, it's so, it's, it's easy to overlove it. I think actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I feel like I restrained myself and put it episode, uh, put it at number three on my list. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, like I say, a lot of mine could easily just be like, you know, joint second. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so, speaking of second... God, we're getting through yeah. this quick. Um, <laughs> sticking with Tom Baker, uh, my number two is Genesis of the Daleks Part 4, where you've got... Oh, yes. You've got Harry and Sarah restrained by Davros. Well, the Doctor's restrained by Davros as well. But he starts torturing uh, Sarah, Jane and Harry to get mm. the Doctor to spill the beans about future Dalek defeats. And, you know, the, the Doctor says, you know, I can't, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And, you know, Michael Wishes, you know, just goes absolutely ballistic. You know, you will tell me, you will tell me, you will tell me. And mm. the reason why I actually like this cliffhanger so much is come the, like, the recap and, like, the payoff, such as it is, the Doctor doesn't, like, find a way out. He actually capitulates and tells mm. him what he wants to know. I mean, obviously, it gets fixed at the end, but the fact that the 
you know, the villain's threat actually succeeds. Yeah. Just to get him to back Absolutely. off. Yeah, it's it's so, it, as they say, it's so, uh, again, talking about the word visceral, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, as, as a Doctor Who fan, when you, especially with the fourth Doctor, who is kind of, not quite at this point in the, in the whole run, but um, you kind of project this air of, omniscience i mean you, you know that everything just kind of bounces off him that he will find a way out of this mm-hmm. it's gonna be fine no one's gonna be upset it's gonna be cool and then to, like you say having to capitulate to davros in that way mm-hmm. it's kind of shocking yeah and i mean it's also it's like you've got like liz sladen and ian martyr doing the best agonized acting but they're, they're like saying you know oh, yes. don't tell him don't just don't worry yeah. about us just don't, don't tell, tell him pike <laughs> pike um yeah, but um, like, yeah, like I say, it's, it's the visceral nature of it and mm. the fact, you know, the Doctor does roll over it just sort of yeah. makes it so, it's like, chilling. Yes, absolutely it is. Because I'll say, I mean, you have this this man who kind of projects this this air of kind of untouchability. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the fact that he, he, he can, even he can sort of have to, you know, kind of take a kneel to, to that is, uh, you know, very shocking i think mm-hmm. especially if you're watching that as a kid yeah so what's yours <clears throat> okay so number two for me i mm-hmm. went with war games 10 all right yes as we have a, a, a cliffhanging transformation from mm-hmm. two to three and mm-hmm. uh you because i think it, it got on there for me because you just obviously it's the culmination of this whole huge long saga mm-hmm which I've been guilty of falling asleep in episode one and waking up in episode 10 and not really noticing. <laughs> um, but um, the point is, obviously, you, you, we, we've understood and endured a transformation from, from of a doctor once. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have it kind of forced upon him in this way... Yeah. ...by the man... Mm-hmm. You know, you just feel like jumping in and going, leave him alone, you bloody fascist. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, to, to see a character who's, you know, you've, you've sort of fallen in love with, sort of despite all the odds, mm-hmm. um, kind of put through this with no way to, to do anything about it mm-hmm. is kind of gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, especially, like I say, especially if you were watching this, kind of having watched, you know, um, the, you know got just got used to the idea of the Doctor's able to do this. Mm-hmm. And then can't have it cruelly forced upon you in this way and obviously maybe the most cruel thing of um you know losing jamie and um <coughs> you know and all of that it, it's mm-hmm. it's so cruel yeah and you really don't know where it's going yeah the last episode's like a real kick in the teeth oh, it's because the teeth. yeah because i mean the doctor like summons i mean he very 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 reluctantly summons the help of his uh, his own kind and though they do saw it they also go right you <laughs> yeah but i think as well that when you're watching tv certain, you know or any books and like that i think the tropes kind of direct you to be like oh well look you've been a bad boy but here's a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. don't do it again and off you go sort of thing but then to say no Bugger you! You're getting changed because you've been a bad man. Yeah. According to us, it's um. I was going to say it's kind of one of those. It's just really sort of gutting to watch. Even even as you know, um, you know, a fan of much later on, where you're where you're you 
just the idea of regenerations and all this sort of thing it, it just seems especially cruel it's a life snuffed out mm-hmm. um kind of the whims of a you know a, a shitty collection of you know dum-dums who don't know what's going on in, in the big universe so to speak yeah bureaucrats so, essentially yeah you know just sort of, like you say sort of dusty bureaucrats you know mm-hmm. who, uh you know, just looking at things on paper. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those things of, uh, it sort of, it still kind of hurts even to this day if you know what, even if you know what's happening. Yeah. And I'm trying to like remember, wasn't this like one of the first times when Doctor Who was like under threat of being cancelled? I think he was on the, it was one of those ones where there was some grumbles going on. I don't know if it mm-hmm. was a very strong grumble. Yeah. But there was nonetheless. Mm. Okay, so my number one. I'm going to be very interested to see. I have a feeling we might pick the same one. Right. Okay. What do you think it is? Well, is it if it, if I think it, it's the one that I've picked? Right. Who's Avengers Army Three? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that this is terrifying. <laughs> It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying doing this podcast with you sometimes, Emma. <laughs> but well, I mean, I wonder if it's because we're the same age as well. So I mean, I don't well, yeah. know if it's sort of responding to things sort of the same way or or what. But mm. yeah, I mean, but but nothing in the world's going to stop me now. Yeah, you have to be dumb to not just go yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the great things about it is there's no music or anything. It's just like the ominous rumble of the spacecraft. You've got Morris Reeves, you know, pointing the gun in the Doctor's face, like basically yelling at him, kind of incomprehensibly, unfortunately, because of the sound mix. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I always have to put the subtitles on for that bit, because the bit where he cuts the door open and it sort of flops to the ground because it's just made out of polystyrene, unfortunately. And... He's, he's like reaches through, but I think like like the heat off the cutting torch, um, sort of like catches him off guard. So he janks his arm back and he shouts something at the doctor, mm. and I think it's like you know, like, all right, Snoop, get your hands up or something like that. But I think because of the sound mix and Morris Reeves' accent, it's just like, ah, yeah, 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 and the doctor goes, why? <laughs> What? <laughs> um, what I like a little about as well is you feel like it's a scene on the edge of being called cut because the, several the, things have gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, the energy is kind of so crazy that they're kind of like, just go with it, just go with it, it's going to be fine. And, you know, like I said, then you get the doctor yelling because you see all his fucking feelings because, <laughs> you know, why yeah. the doctor feelings? Don't ask questions. Shut up. You know, it's kind of... <laughs> um. But I, I don't know whether it's one of those scenes where it was like filmed like right before like the power was cut, you know, before they turned the lights off. Yeah. I don't know whether that was... It's up at 9.59. Yeah. But I wonder if they maybe did that deliberately just to get that energy. Because, yeah. you know, I, it, but I mean, we, we sound like, we sort of like sound like we're shitting on it, but it's just so like powerful and raw because right. what yeah. you sort of like get is like in the beginning of the, the end of this episode is this... You get this sort of like when the doctor's like at the the pilot the command seat. There's this sort of like weird electronic effect, and he sort of like rubs his eyes. But when you sort of like watch the end of part four, you realize that's him fighting off his regeneration. Mm. That's the yeah. effect used for his regeneration sequence. So he is literally fighting off becoming a brand new person just so he can get back down the planet, just so he can go on this uh, what could be 
you know, a wild goose chase to find this one bat that could solve the medical problems that he and his friend have gone through. And all because he just wanted to, like, potter around. And he says to Stotts, you know, I, I owe it to my friend to try because I got her into this. Mm. And, you know, the sheer, like, vitriol determination of the Fifth Doctor, who's always been kind of... I don't want to say, like, milk toast because that's not fair. Yeah. Um, but he's been always... He's, He's always been very sort of, like pleasant you know, natured. She watches sometimes. Yeah, he's always been very yeah. like pleasant. I mean, even like you know stuff like Earthshock when he has like the speech to the cyber leader about you know uh, what about emotions. It's passionate, but it's not like he's not like yelling. He's like being, no. he's being forceful. But this is the one time you know when the Fifth Doctor absolutely loses his shit, but you absolutely mm-hmm. believe him when he says, "I'm not going to let you stop me now." And but also the bit where he's just like he's closes his eyes and screws up because he doesn't know whether they're just gonna, he's going to like successfully land it or they're just going to get absolutely pancaked on the surface of Andrasani Minor. Yeah. And it's just, it's so powerful. I fucking love mm-hmm. Caves Andrasani. Graham Harper is a genius. I wish he would come back and do more stuff on Doctor Who. Yes, absolutely. Because he's, he's just marvellous. The energy rings to it. I mean, mm. we, we will have to do Cases of Andrasani at some point on this podcast. Oh, we've got to. Yeah, we've got to. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, scary that we've got the same <laughs> number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what was on your outliers list? I mean, have you still got that to... Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, so um, Earthshock. Um, I did have Tenth Planet Part 4, strangely yeah. enough, um, because obviously it's the first regeneration. So as a viewer back then, you, you don't know what the hell is going on. No. No. Um, I also had um, The Mind Robber Part 1. Okay. Because um, Part 1 of The Mind Robber is very weird. I mean, the whole serial is entirely weird. But the mm, fact that you spend like, this like 25-minute episode in this basically white void being menaced. And then <laughs> just as so you think they're getting out of it, and you think, oh, okay, so the story's over. Then the TARDIS explodes. <laughs> and scene. And scene. <laughs> and then and you get to see... Uh, Wendy Padbury's um, arse and a silver yes, jumpsuit clinging yeah. onto the uh, TARDIS console as it spins in space. But the fact that you see like the Doctor just sort of like floating in the abyss and, and it's a screaming that uh, really does it. And you just think, Jesus, what the hell? What the hell is going what on? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, I also had to write, okay, you're going to think this is a bit weird, but this one always sort of stuck to me as a kid watching it. Mm. Uh, Trial of a Time Lord Part 13. Okay. When the Doctor gets pulled down. I mean, this is in the, set in the Matrix, so everything's a bit weird anyway. But when you've got the hands, like, coming out of the sand and just, like, grabbing onto his ankles and pulling him down. Yeah. And you that's... see him, like, sinking and the Valios just standing there just mocking him. You know, he's yeah. just saying, bye, see you later, chump. And, I mean, <laughs> the, the one problem with the Trial of the Time Lords, um, like, cliffhangers, is it always ends on this crash... <laughs> well, it's, it always ends on this crash scene with Colin Baker's face. Yeah, that was, you know... Well, I think um, that was something that Chuck Addy said to me when we were talking about this episode that was, we were going to do today. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of cliffhangers of the 80s, which end on a smash cut on the Doctor's face. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Actually, I, I totally forgot to ask you to see if you could uh, bother Chuck to... See I did you... bother him. He shouted him up the stairs as I was walking up, but I can't remember anything he said. All right, fair enough. Um... Marriage! <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Uh, that that one always just sucks. So, just because it was so creepy and weird. You know? Talking of creepy and weird, one that was on my outliers list. I can never remember if it like Leisure Hive. 
One or two. Oh, the, when, the... where the Doctor seems to get pulled apart. Yeah. Part one. Yeah, one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's. I mean, the Quantel video effects these days just look a bit. But you know, the fact that it's like you see his limbs separate, and then it's like smash cuts into his face as he screams, oh, and it's just throat. As he screams. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Um, the only other one I had on my outliers list was Remembrance of the Daleks Part 1. Okay. Um, you know, Ace manages to escape the basement and gets kneed in the gut by the headmaster, who bolts the door shut. And you, and you think, well, okay, well, the doctor's at the top of the stairs, you know, that's, I mean, the doctor might fire upon him, but, you know, otherwise it's all right. And then you find out the Daleks can fly now. Yeah, and this it's just slowly. I mean, but I mean, it's not like particularly swift flying like you could see in the modern series. But the fact that it's slowly, like, creeping up on him, you know, it's hovering up these stairs and screaming at him, and yeah, and I mean, again, you know, you know, close up on the Doctor's face, but it's shot through like the eye of the dark lens, so it's all like green tinted and it's like got crosshairs, and it's just mm-hmm. I always love that one. Yeah. I always love that one. Also, I have to yeah. say a special shout out to, um, I think it was part two of Remembrance, you know, when Ace is surrounded and she's trying desperately to like, fit the um, the like, the rocket into the launcher, but she just can't quite get it. And she's absolutely surrounded by the wall. And you're just like, you know, obviously she's going to get out of it. But it's yeah. one of those ones just like, oh, shit. It's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, mm. so, yeah, it's... It's one of those. It's one of those ones again. I think children of the eighties like us. Mm-hmm. You know, Ace was a big deal to, to. I think a lot of us uh, young Doctor Who fans. So her yeah. in any kind of peril is, uh, is um, you know, especially mm. like ah. But um, yeah, yeah. It's it's. That, that, I mean, that's to say, there's so many great cliffhangers. I mean, we've got our share of clangers. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. cliffhanger of watch out, cut to a checkered floor. <laughs> you know, there's been some bum bum ones as well. Let's put it let's be nice. Um mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, some I just iconically great cliffhangers. So so much fun. Mm-hmm. And still a lot of these have the same impact they had or almost the same impact they had, even though you know full well what's gonna happen next. Mm-hmm. Um they're all just really great moments. Yeah. Did you have any outliers or no, but I have to say the only I think cover most of the ones I had to say Leisure Hive oh, and mm-hmm. Deadly Assassin as well. Oh yeah, the infamous drowning mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, was Mario Whitehouse like to put it? it was drowning? Yes, drowning. Drowning. Um, I, I think part of I was going to say it's really down to infamy mm-hmm. that it is kind of cause it's good. You know what I mean? It's because yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of stands out because of all the other baggage that came with it as well. So. Mm-hmm. But it's one that instantly jumps to mind when you're thinking about cliffhangers and Doctor Who, yeah. because of its 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 infamy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you've got any particular favourite cliffhangers of your own, please do send us in um, into us at uh, our regular email address, greatershow at simplysyndicated dot com, or to our Twitter account at greatershowpod, or to our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash greatershowpodcast. Uh, whilst you're listening to us, feel free to check out some of our sister shows on the Simply Syndicated Network, such as Simply Syndicated Movie News, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Masters of None, Do F Do Tell, Back Channel 66, Here Goes Nothing, Take It or Leave It, The Seventh Chevron, The Little Pod of Horrors, Queer Studies, Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, Nerd Hurdles, Making Sense with Richard Smith, The Greatest Events in Sporting History, and For Those About to Rock. 
Simply Syndicated is, of course, in need of your support, and the best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything. For a monthly fee of just £6, you can enjoy a library of podcasts from the archives of Simply Syndicated, as well as episodes of the ex- exclusive to Simply Everything shows Shaken Not Stirred, and the Republic Patrol spin-offs Oh Boy and Trust No One. Simply Syndicated also runs a merchandise store available for both Europe and America, offering Simply Syndicated branded apparel and accessories. So feel free to pick some of those up. Mm-hmm. You can also support Simply Syndicated through a monthly pledge on Patreon, or you can donate to the website uh, through paypal.me, of which both links to both are on the uh, bottom of the main page. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>